You're listening to WCRX FM 88.1 Chicago, and this is In the Loop with me, Louise Nets, and my co-host, Yasmin Shika. And today, we're going to start off our show. I mean, first of all, welcome back. It's been a whole week. Yeah, you almost didn't intro us. How was your week? Um, It was busy. I'm getting ready to go to South Carolina, which um, after this segment where we fill you in on some of the biggest events of the week, uh, Isabella Iliopoulos and I are going to fill you in on a little bit of what's going on at the new uh, at the South Carolina primaries this weekend. So what are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Oh, I mean, I'm going to the Canvas kickoff event in Columbia with Elizabeth Warren. So she'll be the fourth candidate I've seen, like, in person. So I'm really looking forward to that. And also just, like, I'm really looking forward to seeing the results from a more diverse state. Uh, I We've, you know, we've been to Iowa and New Hampshire, which are, you know, pretty uh homogenous and we got we got a little bit of nevada which was much more diverse but i think that this is really going to be um a tell-all state and really looking forward to it so tell us what it's like seeing these candidates in person oh my god it's like so i mean it's like it's so weird as a journalist because it's like seeing a celebrity you know so you like want to get excited but as a journalist you can't like get excited (laughs) you can't get excited because you want to you have to be impartial right Mm -hmm. like and and even though um like i'm not voting in the primaries so i don't like have an opinion on who should be the nominee you know as a journalist of course like i shouldn't um but yeah it's so weird seeing them in person um as a journalist now because even if you're not for the candidate it's like seeing a celebrity you know you're kind of excited about it um is is weird i think what it is is almost like you're in this moment in time that is going to be history. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the excitement factor. Like yeah. you're here, like you are part of the people who are documenting the history. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so special and unique because this is something like you can tell like generations to come. Yeah. After like I was there when, and who knows, maybe the person that you've seen in person is the nominee that gets right. chosen. Right. I've said now I've seen um, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg. I'm going to see Elizabeth Warren this weekend. And then I also saw Joe Biden in Iowa. So they, so, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, pretty cool. And Joe Biden was a vice president. Right. So that's Which like, is, wow, like oh, I saw it, Joe Biden. Yeah. And also it's just, it's always weird to see someone you see on TV in person. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know. It's like, do they really look like that? I know. Well, I know. do they? Does anybody look different so far? Right. <laughs> but what about your week? How are you? My week's pretty good. Um... You know, classes, snow, shoveling, Chicago weather. Yeah, we all thought for a while that it was going to be nice and and warm from now on, but I think the groundhogs lied to us. We were were bamboozled. (laughs) We were bamboozled. Um, But anyway, so I guess we should move into some of the top events of the week. Um, So we got Milwaukee going on. Um, So there was an employee that went into the Molson Coors Complex in Milwaukee and unfortunately uh, killed five of his co-workers and then turned the gun on himself. Um, it was, I guess it was one of the city's deadliest shootings they've ever had. Um, I, the employee was 51 and he was an active employee at the facility. Um, and they were reporting that there was more than a thousand people uh, at the campus when it uh, happened. So that's pretty scary and it's it's sort of just repeating what we've seen for the past well i guess for our whole lifetime um 
but every time it happens it just gets more and more depressing you know i always say that we live in an area where every single time we turn on the tv to watch the news there's they're always talking about a shooting yeah and it's kind of scary and sad to say that it's not shocking like there's no shock factor to it anymore but Mm -hmm. when it happens like a rural area or like a not as metropolitan like area mm-hmm. in the US it's such a huge deal it's because stuff like that doesn't happen there but like here it's just it's sad to say like oh like another day another shooting yeah and in a- Chicago especially yeah. yeah even though we don't necessarily have the kinds of like mass planned shootings that go on there it's still like uh yeah, it's still definitely I always think about the I always think that South Park hit it like dead on the nose in the episode that they had about school shootings um, where there's a school shooting at South Park Elementary. And then Stan's mom comes and picks him up and is freaking out and she doesn't understand. She's freaking out for the entire episode and um, about this. And she's like, you know, there were kids at the school and they were killed where they were supposed to be safe. Right. right. And everybody in the town is going yeah so 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 sharon is there something else going on why are you so upset and they they don't understand she's the only one in the in the town that's freaking out everybody else is like yeah yeah shootings at school it happens stanley well do you want to tell your father about what happened at school today um oh oh, i flunked my math quiz no the other thing what other thing what happened at school today? Oh, the school shooting? Yes, the school shooting! Oh, uh, yeah, some kid shot up the school. Who shot up the school? Was it you? No. Did you get shot? No. Oh. Well, what's this about failing a math quiz? Are you serious? Did you not hear what your child said? Kids died at his school. I'm sorry, Sharon. I... Why are you all acting? And then it's by numb. the end of the by the end of the episode, she reconciles with her husband and is like with Randy and is like, uh, they find out that Stan's actually been shot at school and she's like, Well, you know what? I guess it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and you know, and it, it's it's obviously like satirizing this whole idea that we're so desensitized to all of it. Dark but I just humor. hit it I think they hit it right on the nose. Yeah. And um every time that something like this happens, it like brings me back to that episode. It's it's just so scary. I mean, like, remember when Sandy Hook happened? Barely, because how old were we? Yeah, but that's just something that, like, you can never forget. I will never forget yeah, I won't the either. images of, cho- like, children coming out of the school, like, preschool size, mm-hmm. coming out of the school with the helicopter, like, view. Like, it was just, it's something that I'll never forget, even mm-hmm. being a child, Yeah, you know? I mean, we were, we were, I don't know what year you were born, but for me, I think I was, like, 14, um when that happened in 2012 and it's crazy to think that these kinds of things have been happening since uh, actually our entire lifetime i mean i was born in 1998 and then the next year it was columbine right so um yeah i mean i think that that with the the march for our life movement that that went on i think that um our generation is starting to kind of take over the conversation on it mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's uh every time it happens it's just horrendous and of course it's hard to see 
mm-hmm. all the time. So in other news this week, um, the Kobe Bryant memorial happened on Monday. Yeah, it did. On Monday. Um, that was, I don't Huge. know if you caught it. I did catch some of it on CNN. I think they streamed almost the entire thing. Yeah, it was, I didn't catch all of it, but the one part that I did catch that moved me to tears immediately was um, widowed Vanessa Bryant. Yeah. Um, the mother of Gianna and the wife of Kobe. And her speech was just so raw and emotional as anybody could have expected. But the way she spoke about Kobe Bryant and all the little things that he did for her and the way that like their love resonated and like still resonates till today. But the thing that really hit me mm-hmm. was when she said, when she discussed the relationship between Gianna and Kobe and how they were, they naturally gravitated towards each other, I think were the words that she used. Mm-hmm. And one of the last things that she said in her, I think it was about a 20 minute long speech. One of the last things that she said was, God knew that they couldn't be on earth without each other. So yeah. he took them together at the same time. And then she told, like, she sent a message to Kobe saying to take care of Gianna and that she'll take care of, and then she named the rest of their children. Mm-hmm. And it just, it broke my heart. Yeah. It really broke my heart to know, like, it's 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 just so heartbreaking. Like, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because yeah. it's just so heartbreaking to even be discussing. Kobe was the MVP of Girl Dads or MVD. He never left the toilet seat up. He always told the girls how beautiful and smart they are. He taught them how to be brave and how to keep pushing forward when things get tough. She showed so much strength in doing that. To be able to get up and talk for as long as she did after what she's been through is just like nothing less than remarkable honestly i mean for anybody to do that let alone on such a huge scale you know and i i'm not sure what the numbers were for this um for this memorial but it had to have rivaled like michael jackson um had to if you remember when that happened um i mean that was also at the staples center and was like a huge thing that practically shut down part of the city Mm -hmm. um so i i don't know the exact numbers on that but i'm sure it did yeah i I'd actually want I actually want to look into that because I did not even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um and then also I think I think my I mean it's it's sort of sad to say like your favorite part of the memorial, <laughs> but I did catch Beyonce um performing and uh of course she performed Halo which was just so fitting and beautiful. And um I think it just showed us once again why, you know, everybody can come together on a few things in America. And I think those few things are always going to be like, I think it used to be baseball, but now it's, I think it's skewing towards basketball. And so it's going to be the things that bring us together are always going to be basketball and music. You know, I, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like pretty much everybody can agree on Beyonce. So <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. I love Beyonce, though. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. But I, at least the things that should bring us together, you know, right. basketball and music. So in other news, we also lost another very important figure in the African-American community, and that was Katherine Johnson uh, this week, who died at 101. And she was this barrier-breaking NASA mathematician who had the movie Hidden Figures um, written about her and the people that she worked with. 
And I just wanted to throw her name in here a little bit just because I'm so glad that her story was, um, I'm so glad that we're talking about her passing because her story was just so important and I'm glad that it like saw the light of day before she passed. The two other women who were portrayed in the movie um, both passed in the 2000s. Um, and so I'm glad that she was able to be around to see that made of her and that so many people know her legacy now. Um, I remember when the movie came out, uh, my grandpa who, uh, passed away, uh, more than 10 years ago, um, obviously didn't get to see it, but he was a, uh, he was a scientist at Aerojet, uh, back in the sixties and seventies, I believe. And, uh, getting to watch that movie being made about like strong women in, um, in aerospace in that time and getting to see that with my grandma who is still around was like really powerful and cool. You have identification on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're just on our way to work at Langley. NASA, sir. We do a great deal of the calculating, getting our rockets into space. All three of you? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, officer. NASA? That's some. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. Oh, Let's cool. take a look at um, coronavirus and <sighs> what Chicago is doing to prepare yeah. for that. I know there's like a huge stigma around the coronavirus. Right. And I know a lot of people... We talked about it last week on yeah. the show. Yeah. So like I know a lot of people um, are kind of confused mm -hmm. when it comes to it. Um, Chicago Tribune um, put out an article about the symptoms of coronavirus and the precautions people should be taking in the Chicagoland area. Because we know that the first case of the coronavirus in the United States happened here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Well, the first spreading of it, I, I can't accurately say if it was the first case, but the first case of it actually spreading to another person was here in Chicago. So mm -hmm. many people are also a little bit freaked by that as yeah. well, even though both of those people are treated and at home now. Yes. Um, so there is a stigma around the coronavirus. And I know we talk about the virus every week, but it's because it's like, it's a huge thing right now. It is a huge deal. Yeah, I think I think that um, while we say to, I think we should preface this by saying there is a, a, a stigma out there and you shouldn't be afraid of people because of the coronavirus, but it is still something to be taken seriously. Um, I mean, the CDC has said um, that the coronavirus is expected to spread in the United States. They've they've called it almost inevitable. Um, and, you know, there is there are plans set in place to uh, make sure that people stay healthy and they know how to stay healthy. So the Tribune put out the article. Um, it talks about what is coronavirus, what are the symptoms, um, how likely you are to get it, um, precautions you could take, and more. Um, the precautions that they mention are pretty much everything that you would hear from a doctor when the flu is going around, which mm -hmm. the flu is also going around. Um, reminding people to wash their hands frequently. Important. Uh, yeah, well, you should do that anyway. I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like some of the symptoms, runny nose, sore throat, and a cough, um, fever. But a lot of people overlook those symptoms because those could be symptoms of pretty much anything right, right. Um, i can't tell you how many times i get a sore throat during the winter mm -hmm. but it goes away a couple hours to a day later yeah especially when you're walking outside all the time yeah we live yeah. in chicago like 
Come on. It's not <laughs> Chicago. Like, yeah. <laughs> but to bring up some of the stigmas in our city, too, I know that uh, Chinatown has been really hurting lately. A lot yeah. of the businesses and restaurants there because people don't want to go there and eat at the restaurants. And I know that a lot of uh, neighbors and residents around the city have been going there and encouraging people to start going back to those restaurants saying everything's fine. You're safe. You, you know, go to Chinatown, support those businesses. You know, they don't deserve... Uh, <laughs> to be kind of uh, written off like they have been. So I think that we should say here too, like, you know, support those businesses in Chinatown. Um, There's nothing to be afraid of, you know? And um, as long as we, you know, band together as Americans and wash our hands. (laughs) Wash your hands, people. And be careful, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of anybody, so. Yeah, and you should wash your hands to prevent more than just coronavirus. Just want to put that out there. Yes. I know I keep talking (laughs) about washing your hands. Wash your hands, okay? And then the last story that I wanted to bring up is just a little fun story for the end of your week. So I pulled up my Dunkin' Donuts app yesterday. Oh, gosh. And I was looking at the featured items, and I saw that they had this very interesting um, little satchel. um, Satchel? (laughs) It was like a little French fry pouch of bacon, and starting... That day, they put out snack and bacon available wow. at Dunkin' restaurants nationwide. <laughs> now, this is something that only Americans would do. Or maybe maybe Canada. Maybe Canada. Um, but I think it's hilarious that, you know, we see all these fast food chains right now moving away um, from a lot of, like, meat-based products and doing, like, you know, uh, Burger King did the Impossible Burger. Like, there are a lot of places that are doing plant-based options, but Duncan just went straight, nope, bag of bacon. Gosh, that's just... As somebody who doesn't eat bacon, mm-hmm. it's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> it just, that's, I smell the bacon just but talking I just, about this I just right want to watch people walking down the street with their little, you know... Gross bag satchel, of bacon. Yeah. Bacon. <laughs> How awk is that, man? So anyway, so that that's a little uh, fun story for the week. Uh, we'll see you back here on In the Loop with Yasmin and Louise in a few minutes. And we're going to be talking with uh, Isabella Iliopoulos about what we're going to be doing in South Carolina this weekend and uh, the coverage that you can look forward to from us. Yeah, we'll also be talking with Olivia De- Deloyne excuse me, um, about the recent Bachelor episode. I mean, in the entertainment industry right now, everything is about the Bachelor, the Bachelor, the Bachelor. What is Peter Weber going to do? And Olivia Deloyne wrote an article about um, toxicity on the show and what people expect to see in the end. So we will be talking with her about that. Cool. And then uh, stick around to the end of the episode, too, to hear me and Yasmin. Uh, give our favorite social media moments for the week. So we'll see you back here on In The Loop on WCRX in just a few minutes. WCRX FM, and I'm here with Isabella Iliopoulos, my co-correspondent, I guess, going to South Carolina this weekend. Yes, hi guys. Yeah, and her show is right after this, Izzy Events, so what are we going to hear on there today? Yeah, so we won't be hearing 
much about politics this time, but we will be hearing about... Um, so we'll be hearing from my good friend Robbie Scott, who you listeners may have heard his name before because Louise promoted our podcast together, the Astrology Academy. Um, and this time you'll hear from Robbie and I, and we kind of have a big discussion about the LGBTQ nightlife here in Chicago that he's such a big part of and uh, an event coming up that him and his friends have organized that he'll be you know, co-hosting that's coming up. So listen for that. And then you can also uh, hear a conversation between myself and a Columbia professor here, Michael Kaplan, who is uh, in part organizing this film festival called Wave Film Fest. And that's happening actually this Saturday. So tomorrow um, for you guys. And it's really cool. Yeah. Centers around all things oceanic um, conservation. Yeah. Really cool. So definitely tune in. You're covering Sanders and I'm covering Warren. Um, What are the standings right now in South Carolina? Like, what are the polls looking like? So the latest poll that just came out today uh, from Emerson College has Joe Biden actually surging with 41 points. Okay. Um, Yeah, which is a big increase. And Senator Sanders follows behind with 25 percentage points. So and that would be his first win, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, Biden, you know, has been projected to do well in South Carolina and it's looking like he will. Um, And that would be, yes, his for his first win so far. And a big part of that is the African-American vote really like coming into fruition, like in this contest. Mm -hmm. Um, So going to going to the polls and talking to voters, especially Sanders voters, like what what are you looking to ask them? So one thing that I am kind of focusing on is gauging the amount of first time voters that are turning out, because something that I found while we were in Iowa and just in, you know, reading about the campaign is that Sanders really wants to appeal to first time voters. And Mm -hmm. then he's always said, if we can get turnout, then we can get a nomination. And so I really want to ask people how they are, you know, campaigning and towards the first time voters, how they're going to get them and then just kind of seeing engaging, you know, how many actually come out. Yeah, what I'm really looking forward to is definitely talking to more people of color, because like, obviously, in the first two states, it was almost non existent, right? But I'm really looking forward to seeing like, now that we've narrowed down the candidates so much, especially even in the last month with Andrew Yang, um leaving we only have one person of color left in the race and that's tulsi gabbard so i want to see how um they feel about that like especially african-american voters feel about the fact that we started off this race with the most diverse candidate field in history and now it's pretty much down to like three white guys right and tulsi not even you know qualifying to be on the stage at the debate so it's literally just discussion between all white people yeah so there is something else that we're kind of looking forward to um (laughs) (laughs) we're only in South Carolina for like basically 48 hours. We're going to Columbia. And um, we were going, we were searching roadsideamerica.com to see if there was anything fun we could go to. And uh, we found something. Yeah. And it is the world's, allegedly, world's largest fire hydrant. Non-functional. It used to be functional when it was built. It used to be a fountain. But then I don't remember the details, but they realized, you know what? This isn't, this isn't working. (laughs) (laughs) We can't have this work anymore. But... It's still the world's largest fire hydrant, and we need to go see it, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think honestly, like, my brain has been, like, just swelling and bleeding from the constant, like, news I've been trying to keep up with. That is such a you visceral know? visual. So I feel like I need a moment of, like, wow, that's dumb. Yes, and just, like, I need to put my it. hand on the fire hydrant and just be like, I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly exactly what i need we did email the link to our professor saying yeah. if there's time please squeeze i this just in. need a good old american sideshow <laughs> like 
There's so much though. There was that weird, there was a weird sculpture of like a ginormous kid figure that it was too creepy. That was in South Carolina too, right? Yeah. And kids could like go inside and explore like the intestinal tract and like, (laughs) it was very, very weird. No, fire hydrant for us. Yeah, absolutely don't need to go in that one. But the fire hydrant thing, we kind of, we kind of need to do that. So we'll update you guys if we get a chance. Yeah. So we'll be bringing you that coverage from the ground on South, in South Carolina um, that'll be coming at you on Monday. And then right after that, we go into Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then a week from then, we vote here in Illinois. Or two weeks from them? Two weeks from them. Two then. weeks from them. Yeah. We vote here in Illinois. On the 17th, yeah. yeah. And then Super Tuesday, March 3rd. Yeah, so we're going to be right. jumping around. I think that Louise and I are both excited, but also thankful to take a breather after, oh after this God. excursion. Yes. <laughs> we'll be reporting from, you know, the ground. Yeah, in here. I'm hoping that nobody goes to the polls drunk here. Honestly, Honestly, you know, maybe I'm, we maybe we should, and we'll do a story on it. We'll be like no. drunk voters. Honestly, I wonder annoying. because on my show I said if you have big, you know, St. Patrick's plans, which you probably do if you're in Chicago, um, look into early voting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we will hear from you then, and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, me too. Thanks so much. Yeah. storyline that is taking the reality television industry by storm. Peter Weber, the 24th Bachelor in the franchise, has made questionable decisions this season that have left many puzzled sitting soundly in their living rooms across the country. Who does Peter pick? What is the truth about contestant Victoria Fuller? Was contestant Madison Pruitt in the wrong for waiting to share her spiritual values with Peter? Let's have a chat here in the entertainment block of the show. So joining me now, we have Olivia DeLoyne from Columbia College, <laughs> who has been writing a couple of articles on this season of The Bachelor. Hey, Olivia, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. So tell us a little bit about what you wrote about Victoria Fuller. Yes. So I basically wrote about Victoria and just the toxicity of her and how she's very narcissistic and how Peter sort of feeds off of that because he likes her emotion. Peter is a very emotional person. So what he takes from her is that emotion, but it's obviously in the wrong places. Like she will always use she always runs away from the situation and she's always just sort of trying to get him to come back to her to pull him back in um if you guys are unaware there's lots of rumors about miss victoria fuller oh yes (laughs) um supposedly she has slept with like four of her friends husbands and that i know i haven't listened to reality c because i was telling yasmin before this i really like don't like spoilers i like to just get my theories on um but i don't want to know anything but for those who don't know reality steve is the guy who spoils the bachelor every single year and i love it (laughs) but not everybody does yeah so um basically (laughs) two of the women who uh, were friends with victoria who apparently she has slept with their husbands have spoken to reality steve so that's all I know. I haven't heard anything else because I don't want any spoilers, but you know, take that information as you will. Um, and so basically, last week on um, The Bachelor, 
these this one woman who apparently was Peter's ex saw Victoria and Peter in their hometown because apparently their same hometown is Virginia Beach and essentially this ex was warning Peter about Victoria saying that she has ruined relationships and to be leery of her and um Basically, Peter obviously is very concerned about this without even knowing any context of what we know and about the rumors, and he confronted Victoria, and what she did was just went off on him, she was gaslighting him, and then he ended up, you know, basically apologizing, which is like a theme that we have seen. He ma- She makes him feel very bad, and then he ends up just going back to her, and eventually he did end up giving her a rose, so yes, she was sticking around she was one of the three who's on this um uh, fantasy suite date that we will talk about so yeah I I also want to say I felt like Victoria Fuller was kind of like this from the beginning I mean I don't know if you recall from Mm -hmm. episode one yeah she was so upset she didn't get time with Peter but like yes from from the jump and like that was something that I also mentioned in my article she's always just been really really emotional cries about everything but she's never like presently there she always is trying to sort of run away but I think it's like a tactic to get him back like that that she just wants him to be won over by her and she wants like that the fight and like the I guess the jolt of that it's just really strange and I just I don't understand it and I'm really not a fan of her (laughs) you and a lot of other people are not a fan of her but let's talk about last night's episode she made a comment during their date and I just could not stop laughing when she said we didn't even fight yet oh my gosh like talk about toxic relationship especially mm-hmm. on the bachelor like you're supposed to be like la la land on the bachelor everybody thinks it's perfect when they're on the bachelor right right i i actually agree with that and also there was a comment that i think peter had made last week and he was like 99 of our relationship is good and just the one percent is bad and i was like oh honey i was like you've got that flipped <laughs> like 99 is bad maybe the one percent is good like this is just and also, if you're fighting this early on and, like, you haven't really had any time outside of this, you know, bachelor world where everything is supposed to be, like, you know, as good as it gets, what are you guys doing? Like... Yeah. It's very unrealistic, mm-hmm. this whole show. I, I personally just find it so entertaining. Oh, I do, too. <laughs> I, I'm very surprised when people actually work out. Like, Rachel Lindsay got married, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. Um, Ari and Lauren are married, and they have a baby. Yeah, and that was a big ending, too. Yes. Like, everybody was very upset by that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Raven's engaged, Raven and Adam. Yeah. And I mean, Becca oh. and, um, what's his name? I cannot think that of season it. was so boring. I couldn't remember. <laughs> couldn't tell you. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have actually worked out, and I think that it, you can certainly find love, but it is just so much more entertaining and dramatic, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, I got. I can't lie. I did skip a few episodes this season. Okay. Because it was just too like dramatic mm-hmm. and I felt like Peter was picking all the wrong women. Oh yeah, I don't know what. Okay, so first of all, Hannah B, if you watched her last season and Peter, their intuition, their radar is so off. I just wish I could like grab both of them and just shake them and be like, "You need to trust your gut because like your radar is not working for you." Define what you mean. Like, do you think that they did not belong together or what did you think? Like, 
I think that, you know, last season with Hannah is what I was referring to. She had kept Luke P around for so long. And if anyone knows about him, he was really problematic, really crazy, started a lot of problems with everyone in the house. And she just kept sort of giving him a chance over and over again. And in the same way that's happened this season with Peter, with all these women, um, there's so much that obviously we see behind the scenes um, that maybe Peter and also Hannah aren't seeing. However, I really do think that like every person has a form of intuition that and you should really be trusting your gut and telling you like if this person is right or why these people may be may be interacting with other people in the house this way. And I just think that they've sort of disregarded that because it is sort of a like love is blindness type of situation in some of it. I think it's a lot of like lusting after someone and then ignoring all of the bad factors in them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, two things off of this. What did you think of them bringing Hannah B back in the beginning of the season? Yeah, I thought that that was kind of a mess. I really don't think that either of them were in the place to see it, to see each other, I should say. I think that Hannah was obviously very hurt by the outcome and what happened to her. And I think that she was really... Um, she's really regretful of her decisions that she made and then obviously going on and seeing your ex and someone that you did actually love as she referred to with a bunch of these other women obviously that's not going to be easy for her and obviously it's not going to be easy for Peter either I thought that their whole play on the windmill situation and like making that as a date where they had to explain their like some crazy like sexual story I just thought it was really in bad taste because like that was something that they had shared even though it was made out to be kind of a joke afterward come on he's still trying to find other people so is she i just thought it was in bad taste overall and obviously we saw the outcome of it hannah didn't do very well and neither did peter yeah and i also thought that that was kind of sleazy of the production to do Mm -hmm. um i didn't really like it yeah it was poor taste (laughs) <laughs> I, I agree with you in exactly what you're saying. Another thing, we were discussing Luke P. from Hannah's season. A lot of people are making comparisons on Twitter um, between Maddie, um, who was one of the front runners this mm-hmm. season, and Luke P. from Hannah B. season. Yes. What do you think of that comparison there? Do you think that there's a difference between the two? I love that you brought this up because I was hoping you would. <laughs> so, okay. I think that there is a similarity. However, I don't think it's necessarily the same, but I still have opinions on what on the way Maddie went about this and I don't necessarily think it was okay. Can we go into that? Yes, tell me. Okay. So, as so to give people some context, Maddie is very religious. Um she's a uh, part of the Christian faith and she herself does not believe that she should be intimate before marriage. She's made this clear um however she she's made it very evident to peter that religion and christianity is a very big part of her life but she has not been transparent about the fact that she is waiting until marriage um to have sex to peter personally apparently she has told some of the women about this and i think like at the hometowns it was sort of implied by her family that that was the route that she's taking but she never told him so basically what we saw at the end of last week's and this week's and the beginning of this week's is that um maddie took peter aside and basically she told him that she'd not be comfortable if he ends up being intimate with any of the women in the fantasy suites however 
we see that she was not really able to fully get out her message. Like she was very nervous having this conversation. And so really, if you listen to it, her sentences are completely broken up. She didn't really know how to formulate it. And she never fully came out and said that she herself is waiting. So I don't think that Peter understood like the level that she was at. I think he thought that she was just uncomfortable with the idea of him being with other women which is completely valid, I think, in any relationship. So I don't think he really, like, grasped the seriousness of it. So what do you think about that? So I I thought, okay, I respected her values. And, oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of women also do the same. So that's something that, you know, maybe not everybody does it, but it's something that, you know, you can respect. So yeah. I... I saw where she was coming from, but I thought that it could have been communicated better mm-hmm. because it seems like he was very upset. It's like he, he knew he wanted her. Like, oh, yeah. It was it was kind of it kind of reminded me of like um, Colton and Cassie a little bit. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought the same thing. I think that our theories are going to end up being like the same, which I love. Um, but I actually I totally agree with you. I absolutely respect her decisions, um, you know, to wait until marriage. That's part of her values. I think you should absolutely be, you know, true to yourself, stick to your guns if that's what you believe. Um, but I also don't necessarily think that it is fair for her to expect the same of, of Peter because maybe that isn't his, obviously we know that that's not part of his religious background. I think that sex is important to him as we've seen in his other relationships and we've seen from this week. So yeah, I, um, and the way when, what you initially had asked when it came to Luke, Maddie is just a completely different person, and she's very well-spoken. She's very graceful about the way she approaches situations. She doesn't explode like Luke did. The way Luke had approached the situation with Hannah, and it's been sort of a while since I've seen it, but I remember him saying, like, that he would look differently at her. He would look down at her for making that type of decision, which really wasn't what Maddie was saying like at all. And so I do think obviously the comparison can be made, but it's just also quite different. Do you think that that's what Luke was trying to say, but he didn't know how to say? Because there was also that debate online. Mm, um, Perhaps. I can understand why people might think that, but also Luke was so problematic. <laughs> I can't he even, was. like, I was so glad that he didn't end up going on Paradise because I think that he has a lot of things to work out. He had a lot of also very toxic behavior, as we've seen this season with many women. There's some people that are narcissistic, that are toxic, that really need to reevaluate themselves. And also, I just think that sometimes this situation the bachelor itself or the bachelorette are not for everyone no it's definitely not (laughs) not for luke he should not have ever been on this kind of you know a season period and yeah so i don't know i i think that he's just um a completely different person and so it is sort of a hard comparison to make yeah i think that madison the way madison handled the situation was a bit more mature. Yeah. I mean, she said, and she kept saying, like, I don't want to give you an ultimatum. I don't want you to feel like you have to do these things. Right. But she was saying, like, her standards because she set standards for herself. Right. But what I think is 
she should have communicated that better. Oh, 100%. And also, I think, you know, you don't ever have to be upfront about someone right away that, you know, you're saving yourself until marriage. However, I do think that she should have brought it up much sooner. Like, even within the last just, like, few weeks, I think it would have been more appropriate to bring that up. And so then it would have been a lot more, you know, under Peter would have been a lot more understanding about the situation going into it. Maybe he would have done something differently. I'm not really sure. So let's talk theories on the ending, because I know you have some. So tell us what a couple of your theories might be. So I actually think, all right, so where did we leave off? Basically, we see Maddie walking away, right? That's at the end of the episode. So I think that she decides to send herself home and that Peter is absolutely, like, crushed. We can see just from the previews, he's talking to his mom. It's, people are referring to it as Barbara, Barbara Gate, where she is like, don't let her go, bring her home to us. People all season have been like, what is she talking about? It's very dramatic. Yes. I think she's talking about Madison. She also met Madison, remember, the first date that Madison and Peter ever had, and it was actually the first one-on-one, was a vow renewal between his parents. So she had already met his family. So she's the only person that has met um, his family on the season so far. And they loved her. They loved her, right? And so he, you can tell that now he's conflicted. Um, there's two people waiting, you know, still. It's Victoria and Hannah Ann. They're waiting at the rose ceremony. And Madison's not there. They think that she's going to show up, but they don't really know. I don't think that she shows up. I think she's home. And I think that after this, Peter is so conflicted. He goes home and he talks to his family. And then he ends up bringing Madison back or trying to at least bring her back. Now... I am not exactly sure the news that he finds out at the very end before he's about to propose to someone. That I'm not really sure about. Do you have any theories about that? So I think that Madison will show up. And the okay. reason I think that is because if she didn't, then there, would, there wouldn't there would be two more weeks of the show. Mm, so okay. my theory is that they want us to think, because this show is very sneaky, mm-hmm. my that theory producer. is that she does show up and they just didn't show us the preview of her showing up. Okay. And I think that it's going to come down to Hannah Ann and Madison. Okay. I, if Victoria makes the final two, <laughs> oh, everybody's going to turn off their screen because yeah. nobody wants to see her for another week. I'm sorry. No, no. shade, sis, but... Actually, yeah. all the shades. So it's like, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, that's a really good theory. I can definitely see that. So we were both in agreement that it's definitely going to be definitely going to be Maddie and Hannah Ann. That was definitely a part of it. Like I thought that perhaps like he can bring her back, and then as a result, he ends up like sending Victoria home. But I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to play out. So th- I like your theory because that actually makes more sense than what even I was thinking. Well, it's I'm just thinking in terms of like the way production thinks because yeah. they always want us to keep tuning in. Mm-hmm. So I I try to out think them yeah i like it you're doing good (laughs) thanks um so i think he's gonna pick maddie but i think hannah ann something's gonna happen with hannah ann i was getting that same vibe so like do you think that he still sends her okay so like do you think that something's gonna happen with hannah ann like on the final rose episode i think so okay so what do you think is gonna happen i see that's the thing i don't know i think that my theory is that Madison's not going to be ready to say yes to an engagement and she's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Hannah Ann's going to come. He's going to say no to Hannah Ann and then realize 
Madison left. Okay. So that's so interesting that you say that because I actually don't see Maddie and him ending up engaged, but I see them together. Like, I think it's going to take some time. So that actually, your theory makes so much sense. This, like, this helped me out. This helped me out. But the (laughs) thing for me is that I'm a big reader of Reality Steve, and it's like, if that's the case, why was it so hard to figure out the ending because mm. he always figures out the ending. I mean, Colton's season was so complex, the ending. Oh, yeah. So how is it that if the ending is this and this theory that I have, how is this so much harder to figure out right. than Colton's season? That's so true. And that's been another thing. Um, the other podcast that I listened to, shout out to Chatty Broads, they've been saying that um, perhaps something like tragic happens to like one of their families and that's what he finds out because it seemed so different. And also, if that's the case, that would make a lot of sense as to why um, Reality Steve can't figure it out because that doesn't seem like it'd be information that would be released. And I don't even right. know what that means, but maybe like some type of family emergency or something just out of you know the left corner comes in like I don't know yeah well I guess we're just going to have to wait and find out and maybe we could discuss the finale when that happens yeah let's do it I'm down well thank you so much for coming in today thank you for having me I so appreciate it this is In The Loop with Louise Nets and Yasmin Chica we'll be right back if you missed part of In The Loop You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. You can also find WCRX on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WCRXFM. Or you can go to our website, wcrxfm.colum.edu. Welcome back to In The Loop with Yasmin Shika, who is myself, and my wonderful <laughs> co-host, Louise Nuts. It is now time for, well, my personal favorite part of the show, our social media sensation segment. Yes. Now, I don't know about you, but this week was a little dry for me. Really? Yeah, like, I, I usually You obviously did news. not watch the debate. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I hardly ever watch the debates. Oof. <laughs> that is all on you, all right? Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear about your social media sensation then. Yeah. So why don't you tell me about it? So I I rarely tweet because I'm a bad journalist. Um, I know I should do it more, but I just never feel like I have anything good to say. You, you ever get that feeling? Do you ever get that feeling, though, on Twitter? You're like, oh, my tweets aren't clever enough, so I can't. I will say that I do look at other journalists sometimes and I'm like, wow, I should have thought about that. That insight, though. They sound so knowledgeable. I know, I know. I'm working towards it. But anyway, so during the debate, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, America's favorite mom, uh, was talking about uh, gun gun control and gun safety. And she said, well, we got to think about Uncle Dick and the deer stand. And then Twitter went wild. They were like, who is this Uncle Dick and what is a deer stand? And I was like, you, y'all are obviously are not from the Midwest. And I just, I appreciate her references to Midwest culture um, as a North Dakotan. And so I tweeted, uh, as a Midwesterner and a North Dakotan, I appreciate tonight's references to deer stands and hot dish. Because, so a deer stand is basically this like fort that you set up when you're hunting deer so that you're like camouflaged oh yeah <laughs> and you just works. sit up there and you watch for the deer 
Interesting. So that's the deer stand. <laughs> that's all you need to know. It's funny because I, I live in Illinois, but I, I live just a couple miles south of Chicago. So I technically, like, I, I'm from the Midwest, but I have no yeah. idea. You're not from Nowheresville, though. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, Yeah, it's, it's funny, though, because... I had never heard these terms in my life, mm. and I've lived in Illinois my entire and life. And then hot dish is like, it's just casserole, right? But we call it hot dish. Uh, um, everybody's like tater tot hot dish is everything. If your mom, if you're from the Midwest and your mom doesn't have tater tots in the freezer and a can of cream of mushroom soup in the cupboard, it's like, who even are you? You're a faker. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, that was my favorite I do uh, love, social media moment of the I week. love casserole, so I'll give you that. Maybe I'm a little Midwestern maybe maybe i'm a little too city yeah i don't know i mean i don't even really before i started at columbia i didn't even really come to the city that much but yeah. i lived in the suburbs so that still doesn't really count. yeah that doesn't count at all yeah I, see I, boring tilly park where i'm from we have towns of like five people so that's cute <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i love it i love it there's something that there's something about going home to like a really small town where you know everybody and uh everybody has baby photos of you for some reason even though your parents didn't hang out um <laughs> you know like there's something about going back to like a small town from being in the city that's like the best really? you know yeah i always say small towns are so cute like if you ever watch american idol there's always that one person in the top 10 that's from that really small town and <laughs> me the one <laughs> the one state oh you want to be on american idol no I bet you could sing really well. I bet. Don't. Okay. I'm telling all of our listeners right now. Do not look up my NYU audition. I'm looking Thank it up. Thank you. I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done here. <laughs> all right. So what was your social media moment for the week? All right. So I am a Muslim woman who wears a hijab, which is the head covering. Yes. Um, and I saw a tweet of another Muslim woman who was doing some homework or something in a school library or a classroom or wherever it may be. And as a Muslim woman, you know, who wears hijab, my ears don't show unless I was to wrap it differently and my ears were to right. show, which a lot of people do. Um, so there was a woman who was wearing AirPods, but, and I totally, I totally relate to the struggle because a lot of times people will talk to me. I don't wear AirPods, but I like to put the wire under my hijab. Yeah. Um, because it just gets annoying. And she has a post-it card um, taped to her head and it says, AirPods on, I can't hear you with an exclamation point. And I just, I started laughing at that. <laughs> started laughing at them because it's just so relatable. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times people are talking to me or like in my face and I can't even hear, well, not in my face, like side of my face. And I just yeah. don't hear them because I have something playing in my ears, whether it be a podcast, music, <sighs> like yes. whatever I'm listening to. And it's just, it's like, I'm not ignoring you. I'm not a rude person. I just genuinely can't hear you. So I thought it was really funny. <laughs> but it also made me think, like, why does everybody always think that somebody can hear them? What if, you know, there's stigma around that. What if somebody had really bad hearing? What if somebody was deaf? What if somebody, yeah. you know, you can't always just assume everybody can hear you. Okay. <laughs> so stop. So what should we do? Always put a hand in front of your face. Be like, Yasmin. <laughs> just, just look at me first. Wait for me to look at you. And I will per I will pull the headphone out of my ear. Now I purposely have the wire showing on top of my hijab. Established. Yeah. And I mean, when I was in high school, um, a lot of girls that wore the hijab 
Mm-hmm. They used to um, wear the um, headphones under their shirt and under their scarf, and they would cheat on their exams. <laughs> I was never one of those. I would admit if I was, because I graduated like a million years ago. I'm a dinosaur now. Um, but I was never one of those. But a lot of people got away with cheating because they would just read the test results, record it, and play it. The worst. The Don't worst. cheat, y'all. Don't cheat. Not good. Cheating's not fun. <laughs> Cheating's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up our show for the week. Yeah. I. You know, that was a great show. Yeah. Please. If you missed anything and you want to go back or you want to listen to our interviews again, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm working right now on getting us on all social media platforms, so soon we'll be on Stitcher, too. Um, yeah. And then you can look out for our social media moments on twitter and facebook and i'm working on a playlist right now for spotify that's going to showcase uh all of the songs that candidates have been walking out on stage at their rallies to uh this election cycle so if you want to see that that's going to be on our social media at wcrx fm also and i'm also putting out a twitter poll on what you thought of olivia deloine's theory of the ending of the bachelor and whether you think he will be picking madison hannah ann or victoria so you could vote in that twitter poll and comment below if what you think of olivia's um theory yeah so cool. let us know all right well we will see you next week right here on in the loop on wcrx fm 88.1 chicago and see you next time right here at 3 p.m on friday